It's time for my annual trip to the gym. You only go once a year? Yep. Arrive. Have no clue what to do. Try some random exercises. Leave. That's it. You should try FitBod. It's an app that builds a workout routine just for you, based on your goals, fitness level, and equipment. And a whole year of FitBod costs less than one session with a trainer. Wow. This has already been my most productive gym trip yet. Download FitBod today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbod.me slash getfit. there welcome to big blend radio with your hosts lisa and nancy editors of bigblendmagazine.com hey everybody welcome to big blend radio's quality of life show every third wednesday we get to chat with dr jackie ubani she is a heart specialist she's a board certified cardiologist and electrophysiologist obviously a doctor and she is the author of the best-selling book women and heart disease the real story and you can go to her website womenandheartdiseasebook.com for that and you can also go to cvwellnessinstitute.com if you want to go see Dr. Jackie at her Cardiovascular Wellness Institute in Orange, California, and, and, and in Irvine, too. Right, Dr. Jackie? Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm actually no longer in Irvine, but I'm in Lakewood, oh. California. Oh, Lakewood. Okay, good. Okay. But in Orange, too, as well, or just? Yes, Lakewood. Orange, as well as in Lakewood, California. Oh, okay. Cool. So she's got two places you can go see her. And mm -hmm. we want to see you before we end up in the hospital. <laughs> That's our goal, yes. right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. absolutely. So this is, you know, it's Women's Heart Month. And every third Wednesday, we chat with you about heart health and lifestyle changes, what we can do for our diet, and only have the five ounces of wine a night, uh, you know, that kind of good stuff. <laughs> but we thought, you know, it's time to regroup with Dr. Jackie. We've been talking all these years. And you know, kind of regroup back onto why you became a doctor, how it all started for you. It's women's history, who mm. inspires you throughout your life. So let's just start Dr. Jackie's earliest memory of childhood. Where was that? Ooh. Well, I was born in Nigeria, as you guys all know. Mm. Um, my earliest um, memories of wanting to become a doctor was, I think I was five or six years old, when, when my sister... Um, had this injury I think she stepped on a broken glass oh, and cool. um and had a cut on her leg and it was bleeding and um you know it was very traumatic uh, mm. event um and I went with my mom and my dad and my sister to the hospital and I just watched the way they took care of her and that was when it just started to you know feel like this was something that I wanted to do even at wow. that age even not being able to articulate what it was but I just it was just something about being there and being around all of that, that just kind of felt natural and normal. And um, of course, I didn't say anything at that point, but as I started going to school and my affinity or the subjects that I excel, excelled in were math and science. Um, so it just naturally led me to medical school and I just ended up where I am today. Wow. And what was the choice for becoming, uh, I say heart specialist, but you're a doctor, you know, so this is your way beyond. So what was it <laughs> yeah. that you said, okay, because you could have been a general doctor, you could have gone yes. into, you know, all kinds of health. What was it about the heart? Right. So, I mean, growing up, I, there were a few doctors around, but not, not a lot. Um, so I, I'd, I'd come into, I, you know, had some interactions with OBGYN. So when I went to medical school, I actually thought I wanted to be an OBGYN. That was, mm. you know, my, my, I thought I was going to do that. But, um, you know, when you start medical school, you get to rotate through different subspecialties uh, mm. and see what you like. And um, I remember my OBGYN rotation was just horrible. I hated it. <laughs> um, I, I, I liked OB. I liked giving birth. The babies were really cute. But the problem is that babies always want to come at 4 a.m. in the morning. And so you just <laughs> never get to sleep. Out dare they <laughs> dr jackie knows that good what sleep is, is good for your heart good sleep is good for your heart you know mm. and you know as much as they were cute and all that stuff i just was tired mm. <laughs> and um so i just knew i couldn't do that because I, I knew i could not sustain that life of being up all night delivering babies and that actually helps 
you know, make, helps you narrow down your options. You know, you don't mm -hmm. want to be a trauma surgeon. You don't want to be a, those kinds of specialties where you're up all night. You know, it's just, I knew I just could not sustain that for a long period oh, of time. Wow. Um, mm. So, and which was, which was actually pretty insightful because I, I, you know, you kind of know that, but you don't really know it until I actually met this trauma surgeon. I was on call with him one night. It was like, I don't know, dead in the middle of the hour. And we, he was a transplant guy. So basically he harvests organs from people mm. who, you know, have been in accidents um, mm. and uh, for, you know, for transplants. So of course we get, you know, these things happen all the time in the middle of the night. <laughs> and so we, I helped him, you know, with the harvesting and all that stuff. And at the end of it, he just poured out to me and told me how, oh, this is just, he's tired. He hasn't slept in months. He hasn't seen his children. Wow. You know, he just went on and on about how this, you know, he probably would not have picked this field. And I just listened to him. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, you know, that is important and an important thing to um, think about when you're picking your career, you know, even though I mm. love doing all that, I love doing surgery, but after listening to him talking about how, you know, lifestyle is important, you know, you kind of do all this, you sacrifice, and then you become an adult and you completely miss out on your children's lives. You miss out on important things in life. You know, granted, you know, what we do is a noble cause, saving lives and all, but you have to take care of yourself. And I could tell he was tired. He was mm. just worn out and he was just venting. And I said, so okay. at that point, you're actually not healthy anymore. Exactly. You're, you're the medical <laughs> people now going, okay, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. So, I mean, so that stayed in the back of my mind, you know, maybe you don't want a special specialty where you're up all night and you're in the hospital all the time. So I started doing, you know, I did some other rotations. I did cardiology and I really loved it. That's actually how it started. And uh, I never even encountered cardiology before. But the good thing about cardiology was, you know, you did procedures because I really enjoyed doing procedures, but I knew I couldn't be a surgeon. So I enjoyed doing the procedures um, and I started doing cardiology. I really liked it. And then I stumbled mm. into the field of electrophysiology and I just knew that I was where I belonged. So electrophysiology is where you get to play zapping like this. Yeah. <laughs> zapping. So you like to, she's all like, I'm electric. <laughs> I'm Dr. Jackie. Mm, so, but yeah. that's, you're, you're basically like stunning people back to life when you do that. Yeah, so using radio frequency energy to burn abnormal electricity in the heart to restore normal sinus rhythm. So that's what I do. So lots of procedures. She's uh, a drummer. <laughs> She's a drummer. I know you want to be a singer, but you're a drummer now. For right now, that's cool. So what actually happens in the heart when you do that? Yeah. Um, nothing. I mean, the heart is, oh. you know, composed of, of a bunch of tissue. So right. you would have, you know, a couple of tissues that are, have, you know, well, the tissue has electrical activity, which is mm. what um, the heartbeat is, is the electrical activity that causes a mechanical force that causes the heart to contract and pump. Right. So when there, there's problems with the electrical activity, it's just firing too quickly. And so your pump is inefficient. And this is usually due to some tissue, like little pieces of tissue that are just firing out of control. So huh. you just have to go into the heart and find that tissue and burn it to stop it from firing out of control. But you don't damage the whole heart. You know, you just damage its piece of tissue and stop that abnormal electrical activity. Now you sound That's like a mechanic. Like a, no, it's like a spark plug. You need your spark plugs changed. <laughs> So what? Right, I'm an electrician of the heart, really. No, so. she's a yeah. pyrotechnic now. No, I'm thinking pyrotechnic. like Fourth of July, go see Dr. Jackie. Yes, so I will light even, your heart on fire. Do they even have spark plugs in cards anymore? Yes, because we just replaced them. Oh, and it cost well, a thousand dollars. Basically, what you're doing is taking out this part doesn't work anymore and put another part back in. Yep. No, or zap just, it, just zap it, and just stop the electrical conductor. <laughs> Wow. So as a kid, Whoa. you know, looking at your sister, you know, cutting her foot on glass to zapping and, you know, helping people with their heart. But <laughs> it seems like, you know, when you were looking at the OBGYN <laughs> that you're looking at also women at that time and look at how much you're doing now with women and heart disease that you started to focus mm. on women. So you get into cardiology, the zapping part or the electrophysiology that you taught me how to pronounce. <laughs> I know next month, everybody in April, we're doing all the different kinds of heart diseases that I cannot pronounce one of those things. So that's going to be a spelling Interesting. contest or something. But, you know, all those, um, I mean, it's pretty amazing to go through that. 
and then choose later, you know, I'm going to do heart yeah. disease. And then you mm. really even focus. I know with the patients, it's, it's men and women, but you decided, okay, now I'm going to write a book for women. So Absolutely. did you start working with more women? Is that, did you see that naturally happening in, in cases or was it all the research or what was going on? Yeah. There? So yeah, it, it started. I mean, it wasn't anything that I planned, you know, I wasn't like really focused on women initially, but I started taking care of, you know, heart patients with heart disease. And you start to notice the difference in the way mm. men are treated versus women who are, who are treated with, you know, heart attacks, the way they present and everything. So when guys come to the, to the hospital with a heart attack, they tend to have the classic, classic symptoms, you know, with the chest pain and they get treated right away. The, the, the important thing about treating heart attack is the quicker they get treated, the more likely you are to recover 100%. Mm. Um, oh. So when women come in with symptoms, they don't get treated as quickly because nobody's thinking heart attack. They're thinking, oh, it's a woman, it's something else. And she doesn't end up getting diagnosed with a heart attack till a couple of days later, which wow. then leads to them not... Ooh not, you know, having the greatest outcome um, from this. So seeing this happen, you know, several wow. times as I'm, you know, as I'm learning about cardiology and taking care of patients and also talking to women about heart attacks and they have absolutely no idea, mm. you know, about heart attacks and the fact that heart disease is the number one killer of women. Then I realized, you know what, there That's is, there, you know, education is lacking and yeah. I have to do my part mm. in educating women about heart disease, about the fact that it is number one killer. You should be aware when you're having these symptoms that heart attack is on the list. And when you come to the ER, you should be treated as quickly as men. That's why men survive the stuff and go on with their lives. Um, and women who have these um, uh, heart attacks and stuff, you know, they, they tend to have poor prognosis. So, so that's when it started. Some folks don't stop till they find the truth. June's Journey is a Roaring Twenties murder mystery hidden object game. Find your first clue by downloading June's Journey today. Available on Android or iOS devices and on PC through Facebook games. I've officially arrived at the gym. That's step one. What's step two? I guess just stand here until an idea for a workout routine comes to me. Or maybe step two is flagging down a trainer to help nope, and- No way. I already spent most of my money on the gym membership. I can probably figure it out myself. Or you could try FitBot. It's an app that builds a workout routine for you based on your goals and fitness level. You can even tell it what equipment you have so you can get a plan that's customized just for you. So FitBot does all the planning for me. I don't have to Google random videos hoping they're right for me? That's right. FitBot actually has exercise demo videos for you too. Plus, a whole year of FitBot costs less than a single session with a trainer. Huh. Maybe I'll finally get more than one workout out of my gym membership this year. Download FitBot today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbot.me slash getfit. That's fitbot.me slash getfit. Hmm. symptoms let's do the symptoms right yeah. now because a lot of times it's like oh is it that time of month <laughs> yeah. what do, isn't that for everything so even <laughs> just being tired right tingling yeah yeah so the symptoms, yeah so symptoms can be very you know different in women um first hmm. of all the classic symptoms for heart attack is the you know this left-sided chest pressure radiating down the arm and up the neck you know women do get chest pain uh but like about 40% of women don't present with the classic signs and symptoms of a heart attack. Hmm. So they can present with uh, non-specific symptoms like dizziness. Not, I've seen nausea several times uh, as a present, presenting sign for a heart attack in a woman. Wow. And they, end up, they end up in the GI suite. And a couple of days later, they get diagnosed with having a heart attack and then they take them back to the cardiology suite. But then it's been a couple of days. You know, so nausea, fatigue, um, sweaty, just sometimes not feeling right. And sometimes it can be difficult to tell. Um, so I usually just educate my patients about risk factors. You know, if you have a lot of risk factors for heart attacks, risk factors like obese, physical inactivity, if you have hypertension, high cholesterol, um, diabetes, if you're a heavy smoker, fa strong family history, if you have any of these things and you're having these non-specific symptoms to one or, two, you know, several of them happening at the same time, and you're just generally not feeling good, you definitely need to seek medical attention um, mm. to make sure you're not having a heart attack. 
So should we say like if, you know, or, like, you know, it happens to ourselves or someone around us and we're taking them to the ER or calling 911, please check for a heart attack. It's a woman. We know they present differently. Dr. Yeah, Jackie says so. I have risk factors I think you know heart attack you should look look into that and you know because the test that you need to get to determine whether you're having a heart attack is one an EKG mm. and two is a blood test looking for troponin and if you don't get those you'll never know that somebody's having a heart attack so oh wow need those tests done ASAP as soon as they hit the um hit the ER because then you can act quickly if they are indeed having a heart attack so a lot well, of people will stop the, at that. that the um, Fred Sanford thing. Lizbeth, I'm coming. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, when the guys come in, they get treated right they away. So <laughs> Yeah, so they stumble so, yeah. in. So yeah. is, do you think smoking is one of the, and I know obesity is one of the things too, but smoking, one of the yeah, top things for that. heart health? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Surgeon General says um, smoking is one of the most preventable causes of heart disease. Smoking mm-hmm. is just bad for you all around, not only yes. for your heart, but also your other organ systems like the lungs, the kidneys and everything else. So, yeah, smoking is a bad risk factor for coronary disease. So you, like if someone got lung cancer or yeah. breast cancer and they continued smoking, could well, they end up? I mean, it's and I know people I know people. I mean, I think we all know someone who needs to stop and they've even had a heart attack or had cancer and, you know, can mm-hmm. not quitting at that point can lung cancer lead to a heart attack. It would not be the lung cancer that leads to the heart attack. It's the cigarette and the, the cigarette. chemicals within the cigarette itself that causes mm-hmm. destruction to heart tissue vascular your veins and all and all those things that eventually lead to the heart attack you know it's kind of amazing that it's even allowed to be on the market when you think about it when we actually know well people are still going to do it well i mean okay so you can buy turpentine but you're not supposed to drink it (laughs) people listen people (laughs) sniff glue you know so i mean there's tobacco Tobacco, yeah, yeah. The tobacco company has a strong lobby uh, in Congress. So mm-hmm. you know, I know you guys have been hearing about the vaping products that yeah. they're putting yeah. out now that are that are candy flavored. So they're basically targeting children now. Get them mm-hmm. hooked while they're children and you know mm-hmm. you'll have a customer for life. And this Just is like those happening. little Lucky Strike candies that we got as kids. And we thought, oh, we're like the movie stars. Look at us. Yeah. Oh, no. But yeah. that was so you- just powdered sugar. Yeah, yeah, but it's still, but you it had was, the coolness. It wasn't good for you, but it wasn't. But you thought yeah, you were but, cool, and that's yeah, what they sold you on. That's where they good. start. That's how they start. But yeah, these the vaping stuff now does have nicotine in it, and it's um yeah, so it's, it's wow. bad for you. So you get them hooked now, and they'll always be you know a customer, and you know, so as part of the American Heart Association, where I'm definitely we're trying to fight to get legislation passed uh, to ban uh, the distribution or selling of these vaping products. So uh, what about everybody with, with pot, with their smoking pot, or they do it through those little vaping things too, with marijuana. And I, I know a lot of that's legalized in a lot of places and there's some good stuff and there's stuff that's not even got whatever the THC in it, it's like all CBD yeah. or whatever. I mean, to me, like if you're smoking pot, isn't that the same thing as smoking a cigarette or like smoking a cigar in a way? Or is no, it- well, it's different products. Um, uh, cigarettes have a lot of carcinogens in it. It has mm. nicotine. It has all these things. Marijuana doesn't quite have those those chemicals mm. in them. I'm not condone or I'm not saying that you I know she's looking at me like, don't you be smoking no weed, marijuana. <laughs> but, you know, it, there are different products. We know for certain that cigarettes lead to you know x y and z but we don't know for certain what marijuana does to the body because it's not it's a study that has not been done because it's just a difficult study to do everybody's different on it from what i've read it it really does affect people differently it's kind of like like some people can have a shot of tequila and be perfectly fine and others can get mean i don't know on tequila though i don't know but whatever everybody's different but let's yeah. get back to okay so now everybody no no smoking of anything but and watch the tequila and and five ounces okay so of five wine. ounces uh, oh, yeah. but anyway we always have to bring that up but you know going into this this women's heart health and then writing a book and then you've ended up on tv like on the doctor show and you know doing this um you know it's it's 
you know, when I think now you've also gone through a pandemic, what was that like being Mm. a doctor during the pandemic? And what was it? What's it like? And I know we're not in the clear, right? We're still not. There's a lot of surgeries. Did that affect what was happening to your patients heart health wise, and even getting procedures done during COVID? Yeah, with with COVID, um, you know, they, the hospitals in order to, to save their resources to treat the COVID patients that were very sick. You know, the first wave of COVID was pretty bad. We Mm. had a lot of very sick patients in the hospital. So they had to divert a lot of the resources to take care of these people. And and the resources include nursing staff, you know, equipment and everything. So all elective procedures were canceled um, as a result. So my procedures were canceled because they were elective. Even the cath labs or the labs that we do our procedures in, they converted them into COVID wards uh, so that they could put patients in there. So yeah, so a lot of the hospitals in my area uh, ended up canceling um, elective procedures for several months to divert resources to take care of uh, of COVID patients. And as far as my clinic goes, uh, my patients who were, you know, have heart condition, a lot of them were very scared of COVID and they didn't come to clinic because they didn't want to catch it. They definitely didn't go to the hospital. So you know, they stayed at home, even if they felt like they were having, you know, heart attacks or chest pains, none of them were showing up at the hospital with these things, you know, with symptoms. So we were wondering (laughs) where these people are, you know, we went from, you know, taking care of all these heart attack people coming in the hospital to COVID times and nobody's coming in with a heart attack. Like, where are these people? So we don't know what, what happened to them. You know, maybe they stayed home, maybe they passed away, maybe it passed, don't know. So with time, we're going to get more data and find Mm -hmm. out, you know, what has happened, you know, what has happened to these people who've had heart attacks, you know. Um, But yeah, we don't know for right now. Wow, that's it's kind of freaky, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, because it's it's, you know, I mean, I understand that fear, too. I mean, we have friends that, you know, it's like if you have an immune situation is an elective surgery that you really, really need. And then some people who need surgery that have not been able to have it for two to three years. Yeah. And um, it's a it's a hard thing. So it's I think this is where, you know, as much as we can on our lifestyle habits, be good to ourselves and take care yeah. of ourselves, you know. But, you know, the pandemic, that's something. I mean, did you ever think you were going to see something like this in your career? Oh, never. Yeah. You thought this never. was like this is smallpox just, from years ago, you know? Yeah. It just came out of left field, you know? Yeah. That was, yeah, I never expected to see that. But I mean, I think, you know, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, we're, we're definitely getting to a point where the numbers have decreased quite a bit. We don't yeah. have a lot of admissions. You know, we're back to uh, almost 100% in doing our procedures and all, but maybe we needed to go through something like this so that we're, you know, don't take life for granted and don't take it for granted that, you know, our lives will always be the way it is. You know, this was just really a wake up call yeah. uh, for all of us. So, yeah. And what I about your so. belief in medicine, watching vaccines being created so fast and it obviously is always going to change and just watching science and, and the medical field, what was that like to be in the front seat, seeing all of this happen. I mean, it's, ex- to me, it's pretty exciting what humans yeah. can create, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, studying medicine, I mean, this is the way we practice medicine, you know, as long as I've been training. So it wasn't a surprise to me, you know, every, we try things, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't work, you know, even in the field of cardiology, it's still changing. Like car- cardiologists who train. 30 years ago, or compared to to me who trained more recently, we do things differently now than Mm. even they did. And we're still the same kind of doctor. So things evolve and change. We learn things, change techniques, change stuff, but we, you know, we have to just trust science. We have to give it time to work because Mm. that's what happens. Um, And we just, you know, we just have to back the people up who, you know, who spent all their lives studying science to make, create better lives for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And there was just a lot of people being impatient and fighting and screaming, which was, I thought was unnecessary because there's this, what, we're, what, we, a... what we did, you know, with the vaccines and all is not any different than we've done in the past to cure other illnesses. This is just it, the same thing. It, yeah, it, it, it's amazing to me, all the drama about the vaccine and the political implications and yeah. all that got involved because, 
I remember going to school, you had to have, you had to have yeah, measles complained. shots, you had, yeah. to have, you had to have smallpox, you had to have certain things before you could fly out. You country. made me have the There's, behave yourself shot. That's right. Um, it worked. Now, um, yeah. over, Lisa. <laughs> no, but you had to have certain shots on yeah. your record before you were allowed to go to school. Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah exactly exactly yeah, polio like i remember mm. when polio was a big deal and and you had to go we went to the bank and got polio mm. shots you know because that's where you could go get them mm. and there was yeah. no drama about should you or should you not it was go get your polio shot or you I thought, I thought at the school. beginning of covid we were all kind of like oh this country is actually going to work together and and then it just like blew up and i was like what the heck okay you know and everyone's got an opinion and stuff but i'm like yeah, okay but, you know but i think i'm so glad to see it get to a better place i mean you've yeah. got to feel much better too i mean weren't you scared like being around patients like you know definitely. how much does your mask work like you know what I mean definitely yeah because you, know? you see they're very sick I mean of mm. course we in the hospital saw the very sick people right. I mean people like they said maybe three percent what was it one to three percent died and the majority mm. of people have no symptoms so people outside who are not in the hospital see the people who had the the you know runny nose and the mm. simple symptoms I saw all the very sick people. And so that was enough to just put the fear of this disease in you. You know, people yeah. were in the hospital for, actually, there's a patient who just was. I've officially arrived at the gym. That's step one. What's step two? I guess just stand here until an idea for a workout routine comes to me. Or maybe step two is flagging down a trainer to help. Nope, and no way. I already spent most of my money on the gym membership. I can probably figure it out myself. Or you could try FitBot. It's an app that builds a workout routine for you based on your goals and fitness level. You can even tell it what equipment you have so you can get a plan that's customized just for you. So FitBot does all the planning for me. I don't have to Google random videos hoping they're right for me? That's right. FitBot actually has exercise demo videos for you too. Plus, a whole year of FitBot costs less than a single session with a trainer. Huh. Maybe I'll finally get more than one workout out of my gym membership this year. Download FitBod today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbod.me slash getfit. That's fitbod.me slash getfit. It's time for my annual trip to the gym. You only go once a year? Yep. Arrive. Have no clue what to do. Try some random exercises. Leave. That's it. You should try FitBod. It's an app that builds a workout routine just for you based on your goals, fitness level, and equipment. And a whole year of FitBot costs less than one session with a trainer. Wow, this has already been my most productive gym trip yet. Download FitBot today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbod.me slash getfit. Discharge, he'd been in the hospital six weeks. Oh <laughs> my gosh. old man, six weeks. From That's wow. insane. Well, yeah, we have had you know, friends and they said it's like, yeah. you, you just really think you're going to die now. What they think yeah. it's like, this is it, we're going. And it's really not a fun yeah, thing to get. And some people are easier. Everybody's a little different. How, how, different. Are, how are things for nurses and, and some of the caretakers too? Because we've heard like the mental strain on the medical staff I mean, in yeah, it has been, you know, because you because we're trying to take it, we, we're trying to take care of these people. We if you overwhelm the hospitals with COVID mm -hmm. cases, everyone will die. You know, you mm -hmm. cannot overwhelm the hospitals. And this was the reason for the masking and you know, staying indoors and those those kinds of things, you know, because we we're just not equipped for to take mm -hmm. care of all these people. So yeah, it gets overwhelming when you're in a nurse in the ICU, you're seeing all these sick people, you're seeing people dying. I mean, mm. it, it's very, it, it weighs very heavy on you, weighs very heavy on your heart. Uh, and mm. the, a lot of these nurses have little children at home. They're afraid to bring this oh, to yeah. home to their family. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it was, a, it was a very stressful time. I mm. remember talking to one of the ICU doctors at one of the hospitals I work in. And every time, you know, he said he took care of a whole lot of COVID patients. And he says every, every minute there was a code going, I mean, somebody was in cardiac arrest. So, you know, in the hospitals, when someone goes into a cardiac arrest, they make an announcement, code blue, code blue. He's like mm. that code blue, code blue is coming on every few minutes that he, now when it goes off, 
he feels like this trauma. It's, it's about like PTSD it. from it. Yeah. It's PTSD mm-hmm. that somebody's dying. He says, because these people, you could never resuscitate them. They just died. Mm. they were just dying so it's got to be really hard i mean just even as a doctor losing a patient that has got to be the Mm. hardest you feel like you you care and then to have so many people go is there Mm. is there now um communication within the medical industry for what if it happens again with a different virus because some people are thinking even with climate change that more viruses are possible. I don't know. There's all these stories well, out there. I don't want to believe anything well, anymore. Viruses you know? mutate. They yeah, have that, that ability. This to could happen. This and... could happen again. I mean, it's uh, history. Is it? It you know. It the probability is real. So are there? I mean, have things happened in this to make hospital systems stronger? Um, or are we still just um, waiting yeah. in the water? We would probably just be waiting on the water for something else to happen because you're not going to be ready for anything that comes out because you're not going to have the immunity you're going to have to build the vaccines again and you're going to have to do all these things so but maybe in the sense that you know we know how to get ventilators you know if Mm. we need massive amounts of things maybe we've learned how to procure them quickly and and we all know uh, how to go and steal toilet paper and spaghetti (laughs) noodles (laughs) yeah so I just stealing learned. all the beans. No wonder you need all that toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, go, go, make sure you, you keep know. your stockpile. Take, keep yeah, your stockpile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You exactly. know, it's, it is just a big learning thing. And um, I just, you know, thinking about your career to just have that mm-hmm. as being part of your, your, you know, your legacy as a doctor, going back to being a woman in this industry, what is that like as a doctor? Not only, you know, there's nurses and, you know, Nancy, before we were recording, you were talking about how, like, if you're going to get a college education at her age, they were like, you're going to be a nurse or a teacher. 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 And, and at one point, you never saw male nurses either, right? That was a whole other yeah, thing that was a, that's in the medical industry. I right? know. So in in my lifetime, one. I've seen that going yeah. from the ward full of nurses to now, to, it's like yeah. almost half and half. You see just as oh, many wow. men nurses as you do women nurses and the same (laughs) with doctors it used to be just men doctors and Mm. now we've come full you know to the other side and you're seeing more and more women you know doctors I remember there was a time when anytime you said surgeon everybody just assumed it was a man exactly that's not the case anymore you know when you say surgeons Mm. or cardiologists there you see lots of women in this Mm. field and it's, it's very exciting to see the improvement Mm-hmm. definitely when I was coming up it wasn't it wasn't there weren't a lot of uh, women in the field no. uh, it's just a male-dominated field and you just I mean you just fought through it you just you know struggled and and fought through it and just you know uh stepped up and worked hard because everybody just assumes oh you're a woman that means that you know you're going to be taking time off because you have child care issues oh you're going to get pregnant and therefore you can't take call the people mm-hmm. always discount you and all those kinds of things and you always have to prove that you know, you didn't get here because you're a woman, but you got here because I'm just as smart as you and I work just as hard as you and you're constantly mm-hmm. having to prove yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes it's a little tough because they have their own male camaraderie and, yeah. uh, you know, they're buddy buddies with the attending and you don't have that kind of relationship with male, you know, staff that are older than you because sometimes people are nervous about inappropriate relationships and those kind of things. So, so I mean, it, it was tough. It was tough, but you just worked hard, you know, kept your head above water. You know, yeah. the, there are times they were tough. You want to cry, you go into the closet and cry, then you wipe your tears out and get back in the game. Yeah. Uh, but if you wanted it badly enough, you would do whatever it took to finish the programming, which is what Was I that the same for you going in the in the Navy too, right? So it was the Navy and then that went into college yeah. and then so did the navy i mean that had to also be kind of male dominated yeah oh yeah so i've always grown up around i've always been around been in areas that that is just male dominated so i don't even know what it would be like well you're from nigeria <laughs> too I, yeah. growing up in south africa and mm-hmm. kenya it was very male dominated yeah you know? so Big it's time. like i don't know i that's the only life i know so i don't i don't know of a workplace that's all women you know i just i don't even know what that would feel like so yeah so with with just being an only being a female you just I know you just have to work I mean I'm probably not just being a female just being a doctor in general you have to work Mm -hmm. really hard and so you just work really hard and push Mm -hmm. and push and push until you uh, finish the program 
Mm-hmm. How long were you in the Navy for? I was in the Navy for 12 years. That's a long wow, time. Wow, 12 years. Wow. So where, where were you based? Like, did they put you in different places? And yeah. what did you do? So, I mean, were you the Secret Service, Dr. Shandy? <laughs> no, I wasn't Secret Service. That's another. <laughs> That's <laughs> another a whole other entirely. deal. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was, you know, I grew up in California, but I went to, to school on the East Coast. I went to Boston University. So I decided I was going to join the Navy and see the world. And I joined the Navy in Boston and they brought me back home to San Diego. Most people are going, yay, yay, I'm going to San Diego. But you're like, dude, no. Well, now you travel cool the world. So we got to say Dr. Jack has been all over the world. Yes. And, and that was thanks to the Navy because, um, okay, you know, when I, before the Navy, I mean, I didn't really do that much travel. Well, I traveled a little bit coming from Nigeria here and, here and there, but it, it never crossed my mind to go to Asia. I, we go to Europe because that's Europe is the layover going to Africa or Nigeria. And so I've been mm-hmm. to Europe. And I've been to Nigeria a couple of times, but I've never been to Asia. So after spending three years in um, San Diego, my next duty station was Guam, which I was in the middle of the Pacific. Wow, I was, between, wow. I was, yeah, I, was, yeah. I call that, that was the umbilical cord trial. <laughs> my umbilical cord was, the umbilical cord was cut for the first time. I've always been so close to my mother. And this was the first time I moved away from her. And uh, it was kind of nerve wracking, but I was fine. But I was, I was very nervous about moving that far away from my family. Wow. I'd never done that before. But anyway, so I was in the middle of the Pacific in Asia. With all the bird poo. They have all the bird poo there, right? They they? do have some, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, so that's what started my exploration (laughs) of that part of the world that I really enjoyed. And I am glad I got the opportunity to do all that while I was there. Mm, So I'm a well-rounded person as a result of all of that. So I'm always always happy. how, How old were you when you moved to America? um about 10 years old wow do you did you like experience like a like for us it was a culture shock coming here you know coming back well I didn't know America (laughs) so I grew up you know and in you know different and coming here was just overwhelming let's put it that way like why do we have 10 things for one thing in the store what's all this you know <laughs> yes, so absolutely. did you feel a change coming over here as a kid 10 years old you kind of can sneak into it though I think you know yeah when- yeah I mean I wasn't yeah it, it was different but I managed to you know fit in with friends and and move on mm-hmm. I don't remember being I don't remember any big trauma about the the change um mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely was different. Life was a little colder here. Yeah, exactly. Then there, mm-hmm. yeah. But, but that's yeah, because I think when this, we were, I was ten. We were moving to England and from Kenya, and that was wow. Everybody looks like punks, and you know, yeah, and in Kenya, fun. you know, lived with two different tribes in the bush at one point, yeah. and yeah. So I was looking at their earrings and piercings and stuff. I'm like, look at these white people trying to be black people in the bush <laughs> which is true and people get mad well, at me for saying this but this is the, but it you wasn't know, any different it was you know but they were rebelling mm. on stuff but it was like a whole other um it was just weird and and different but it, as kids you're so open-minded and so you're Absolutely. and you're not the one having yeah. to make money or anything like that it's not like that right. kind of getting jobs and and all of yeah, that so exactly. it's a whole mm different world but I mean going to the navy what I mean you you wanted to do that to see the world that was your way of like hey let's travel go yeah get, well get it was plus they paid for a school which was yes a, that's a your ticket yeah, yeah that's that, a that fair was doing ticket. The big bonus so yeah but then yeah and I ended up having a good time I ended up um just cool. doing things that I you know being open to a, a big world that I never knew existed before um, and doing things I'd never done before and meeting people from all over the world, all walks of life. And that's a good thing. It was definitely a great experience. That's wow. awesome. So did cool. you have to do boot camp and go through, crawl through the mud and all of that? No. <laughs> <laughs> good girl. Good girl. Good girl. So they, they really needed doctors um, in the military. So of course, when they really need you, then they'll help you get in quickly. So I had a two week course in Florida, Pendleton. Pem- yeah. Oh, Camp Pendleton. Camp- no, 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 no. No, no, that's Flor- what she said. Pensacola, Florida. Pensacola. We used to live in Pensacola. That's where we used to live there. Pensacola. And San Diego. See, we all knew each other at some point somewhere in the Navy. Exactly. (laughs) 
So I did a two-week officer training program there to learn how to wear my uniform and, you know, learn a few things about the Navy. And then I was thrown into the hospital to go work. So no, I didn't go to boot camp or anything. Well, good for you. So she, she scored. You, you, that is awesome. You didn't have to do that. But I'm glad you got to travel through it. Now you've traveled all over the world. I mean, really, Madagascar. I remember you went to Madagascar. Yes, two years ago, went to Madagascar. That was very exciting. And yeah. next week, I'm going to the Galapagos Islands <gasps> oh, on a cruise. Cool. So yes, I'm very excited. About I know that. you're a doctor, awesome. but dude. <laughs> <laughs> so you're no, gonna see cool. all the beauty you're gonna be in the navy again <laughs> yes i'm gonna ship yes yes that very is excited awesome. About that. that's awesome oh well you know we're gonna have to have an interview just on that dr yes. jackie goes to galapagos we haven't had you on a travel show for like what two years yeah. i know because it has galapagos is from mm. everybody that is like a big bucket list once in a lifetime because don't yeah. you have to wait to be able to get ex- you can't just go right isn't it they, or don't they limit the amount of people on the islands? Well, they have. They there. do. So we're yeah. on a ship. So all the ships are small. So um, I guess you just have to get your ticket before they sell out. But yeah, the, I think the ship that I'm on only houses 100 people or something like that. So just small ships, just a limited amount of people coming on and off the island because it's, um, you know, it's, it's a, a preserved, yeah, protected and those kinds of things. So yeah, it's so very that's exciting. Amount. I am so excited. I haven't I tried bet. in two years. I just uh, Dr. Jackie uh-oh. needs some health time. She needs some, Dr. Some, Jackie. some travel time. Yeah, you need some I travel time. I do. It's my favorite pastime. You know, yeah, see, that that's, you're just up. like us. It's yeah. like, dude, we got to go somewhere new. You have yes. to have that balance. It's good for your heart. You said so the last time we talked. Mm-hmm. It's good for your heart. So out of women, I mean, when you were studying and doing all that hard work, and I know being a resident, and, and you know, it, it's it's not easy becoming a doctor. A lot of, like you were talking about, it's a lot of hours mm-hmm. too. And were there any women while you were in there that you could look up to as doctors? Did you, were there, I mean, you just, were there any women in the medical field that you went, you know? They did good. I'm trying to. I'm, not I'm trying many. To, I'll tell you that, especially when I was coming through, not many at all. But I do remember one of my program directors from electrophysiology. She was one of my very few female um, uh, uh, attendings that I worked with, and uh, she was really nice to me. She encouraged me, and you know, she would check up on me, make sure I was doing okay, because she remembered uh. what it's like to be, you know, in this kind of uh, environment. Mm. So. Yeah, so she was really uh, good to me, and uh, and I admired her because she came through. She probably came through worse during worse times because she's you know several years older than me, like fifteen years maybe. So she came through when there really were no women around. Oh wow! So mm-hmm. yeah, so she kind of paved the way for us coming through and uh, kind of looked out for us. So that was good. And mm-hmm. now, who do you look up to for women? I mean, it's Women's History Month. I know. I just look up to women who have overcome so much in life and have excelled and have reached you know the top you know they've reached places where many women or many people haven't been to one of my favorite um people that I look up to is Oprah Winfrey I mean Mm. she overcame so much obstacles I mean she came from absolutely nothing to think how can you come from that and end up where you are in your one lifetime you know, yeah. that is amazing. I mean, it, it goes to show you a testament to the fact that hard work will get you, mm-hmm. hard work and determination will get you where you want to go. Well, you know? plus, I think she's really genuinely nice. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. she cares. So, I, yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Her, so her passion, it shows. And I think that people are drawn to people who show that kind of passion. And she showed, she showed, um, if anybody has a bedside matter, right, doctor wise, she did because she really wanted to be away from being the broadcaster reading the teleprompter to actually getting the human yeah. experience yeah, and exactly. put herself into things, tried things on air, okay, and was honest with people. You and know? she could laugh. And well, she still is. And she's yeah. done some great interviews, you know? Yeah. 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 She, she has, um, she really has gone from, I mean, and you think Maya Angelou, 
being there yeah. at her side too. Like who, I mean, don't you want to be able to call up my Angelo? Like <laughs> this person's really pissing me off. That's you right. Write a poem about it and inspire you to move forward. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. You know? So it's just, a, it's amazing. And now we've got that young girl, the poet laureate. Oh my goodness. She's amazing. Amanda Isn't Evans. she smart? Wow. Yes. She's absolutely amazing. So mm. yes. Yeah. I think there's a lot of hope for women now. I think we've, Absolutely. you know, we still have a long way to go, but I feel it, we really do. We're, we're moving. We're moving. Yes, I, I agree. Like Hillary says, we've broken the glass. We've cracked the glass ceiling, you know, mm-hmm. people is we're all over and people, you know, people don't know, don't say as much that, you know, women shouldn't be doctors or anything because you see women doing everything everything now so all yep. the younger women who are growing up are growing up knowing that women can do these things and mm-hmm. so yeah so it's good yeah when you, when you were decided to become a doctor that you're going to do this and have your goal and you going through all of that like okay I'm going to go in the closet and cry I mean we all have those moments and God, we do not want one male to see that. You know, no. when you feel that yeah. when oh. you start to feel that quiver, you're like, don't you do it now? I don't think they do. Don't you dare? I think they do that, but they don't cry so much as they just pound on walls. No, they just <laughs> pound. <laughs> they pout. They pout. You know, and then give somebody else a black eye or something. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. do that, but, but but you know, when you get into those moments, there you've got to pull through. And when you know, you know your goals, and you need to, you know, stick you know, stick to them. How did you always keep that in front of you? Did you write like five-year, 10-year plans? Did you write goals down or did you just go, that's my goal and that's it. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. I've always, you know, I've always had this strong conviction about what I wanted to do. So that was always there. But oh, when I would get cool. down, I would, um, you know, either call your mom and cry on the phone or just talk to somebody who would just talk you through it and, you know, help you just get over the moment. And then remind you of the big picture because now you right. just focused on the little thing, but now you look at the big picture and get you back on track. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's always good to have, you know, close relatives, close friends, you know, mm-hmm. and I guess that's the thing when you're in a, these programs with all men, you don't really have any close friends. I would seek out friends that were not in my field. Uh, because there weren't that many women. So my friends were not in my field. So I could call, call them and talk to them and, you know, and let out some emotional steam. So you always have to have people around you that you can, you know, let the steam out and cry and, and do whatever it is you need to do to get over that move on. little bump. Yeah. And then you have to move forward because there are always bumps everywhere you go. It's not yeah. going to be a smooth, you know, if you want to achieve anything, it's not going to be simple, period. No. So and you got to figure out ways I, to get you're over not the bump. Big- I don't think if if it was smooth, nobody would be at their best. Yeah, exactly. They'd be exactly. too easy, and, and, oh, and yeah, then they wouldn't challenge mean people. Yeah, yeah, you challenge yeah. people. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, you experience this no matter who you are, but you know, mm-hmm. with not having yeah. the social um, the social support within your program, but you can always go outside of your program and get it. And mm-hmm. I think that'd be fine too. That's a really yeah. good good point, and also because mm-hmm. that brings in a different perspective because in the sometimes in someone in the same field is going to we're looking at a microscope you know it's not like if you're an airplane you see how big you know how things are you know from a, a distance you need to look at things from a you know a bigger perspective so yeah. having people not in the same field because then it becomes oh well then this happened to me and, the, you know, and then it becomes a it can inflate it sometimes yeah. depending on yeah. the person and yeah, you have to pick exactly. your friends wisely. Yes. You really mm-hmm. do have to pick your friends wisely in yes, the same sure. circle of, of work. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You have to. And and because um, some people make it worse. Yeah. So it's you have to pick your yeah. friends wisely, I think, always. And when in regards to heart health, it's important to release the stress. Yes. Because stress is not good on the heart, from what nope. I've heard. Absolutely not. <laughs> Did you hear that? Who told you that? Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right there with those five ounces. And I read about it in a book, and it's called Women and Heart Disease, The Real Story. <laughs> yes. And then there's it talks uh, there's a lady called Dr. Jackie Bonnie tells us all yeah. about what hypertension is. Yes. And then she goes on to let us know not to eat egg yolks, eat egg whites. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad yeah. to know that you're you're listening and you are learning. So yes, that makes always, me, always makes me and, happy. 
Well, I'm looking forward to uh, speaking with you next time when we're going to hear all about how you de-stressed in the Galapagos Islands oh, yes. and hung out with iguanas oh, and sea lions. Yes. And, you know. Are you going to go scuba diving? or No, we're just going to do oh. snorkeling. Um, oh, but that's long time. Okay. I would, Yeah, I would need to get recertified. It has been, I think the last time I went scuba diving oh. was 2012. Oh. So I would need to get recertified. Mm. So I'm, we're not going to do it this time. But I oh. want to go on a glass bottom boat. But can you take an underwater camera and take pictures? Um, well, you? yeah, when you snorkel, yeah. Well, come okay. on. We, well, we're waiting. We want. Okay. Let's see. Yes, yes. We're going to have to do a show on that, you know, because we, we okay. want to hear all about Galapagos. Yeah. And I want to see if, did you see that David Attenborough? Now, this is not good for those, if, you know, with the, with this heart issue, because it will make your heart race, which is sometimes fun. <laughs> But um, have you seen the iguanas being attacked by the snakes? Oh, don't the do video that. With that. No, 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 Lisa. Like, okay, no, well, stop it. No, I want you to no. go to Galapagos no. and have fun and not see the snakes. But dude, stop it. There's snakes on the beach. I'm just saying. <laughs> you're going to no, get gonna a spanking a... after this. And you're going to see such beautiful bird Mom life, has too. spoken. They've got those big birds with the big red breasts that go like, woo, woo, you know? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm going to send you a a link to an article. Uh, Nellie Votau, she wrote a story. She went to Galapagos Islands and Mm. then went through some other areas in Ecuador. And uh, we had a little video of them. I'll send it to you because it's really cool. Yeah. had a good time. But now it's time for an update. So I'm glad you're going. But next time, I'm really excited to have you also talk about all the different uh, disease, heart diseases so that we can have a um, pronunciation lesson of all these <laughs> yes, medical okay. terms that <laughs> I, I really, <laughs> it's going to be class and, yeah. you know, we'll yeah. just sit there and, and we can keep score and then um, it'll be a study group. <laughs> for Dr. To me. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Yes. Jackie. It is always it's fun to, to have you. you on the show and it's fun to revisit your story and, uh, just, you know, even, you know, just all of what you're doing in your life. I mean, look how much you're living through, you know, as a doctor awesome. and the change of what has gone on. So everyone, again, women and heart disease, uh, the real story, go get it. It's women and heart disease book.com. It is a bestseller. Did we forget yes. to say that? We can't forget that. My gosh, <laughs> it is a bestseller. And uh, everyone, Dr. Jackie's here on every third Wednesday, unless she's playing with, you know, fish and birds in the Galapagos Islands. <laughs> so, you know, but listen, have a wonderful time and enjoy thank you, every thank second. Yeah, thank you. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you ladies. Take you care. too. All right, take care. What's up? It's Alex Morgan. And for me, the start of the new year is all about commitments, setting your intentions, restarting your routine and committing to you from day one. Body Armor Light, the low calorie, zero sugar added sports drink. Shop now on Amazon.com.